When someone is an advocate for a group of people, isn't it a little bit bizarre if they turn around and say that group of people doesn't know what they're talking about? Hundreds of farm workers now speaking out about overtime and the hardship that it's creating for thousands and thousands of families in this state who rely on working on farms to support their families, support their lives. And, and they've been speaking out in really uh, dramatic ways, including at the state capitol. We're going to talk about that. But then just a few days after hundreds of people coming across the state, just that in and of itself says a lot about how significant this problem is for farm workers, the farm worker community, and what is happening with overtime. Of course, we've talked a lot about this on the program here. Um, there, it's it's a big deal, and and so they, they this group of folks, you know, put in a lot of effort to make this happen to speak out. Yet, a, a, just a few short days later, the people who claim to advocate for their community turning around and saying that those folks, those hundreds of people at the state capitol rallying on the steps saying, we don't want overtime, we want more hours. Well, these so-called ac- uh, advocates for them, activists, extremists, if you ask me, said they don't know what they're talking about. What? Are, are those folks really even activists or, or advocates for that group at all? This has been just gotten more bizarre as as this issue evolves and joining. And by the way, this is the farming show. Welcome uh, on a Saturday morning. Glad you're here on KGMI uh, or listening on SoundCloud on our uh, Save Family Farming podcast. I am Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming. Joining me on the phone this morning, uh, Maya Espinosa. With the Center for Latino Leadership, we've talked with her before on the program. This issue about overtime and agriculture, of course, it's putting tons of pressure on farms. Um, even hearing about more farms now that are having to go out of business in part because of the added cost of all this. But it's also hurting the farm workers. And, and we at Save Family Farming, and I know certainly you folks there at Center for Latino Leadership know that this is the most crucial fact that people need to become aware of something that was supposed to be good for workers over time is actually as it plays out and is misapplied uh, a factory uh, nine to five office job kind of schedule superimposed on a seasonal farming just doesn't work and it's created collateral damage for farm workers Maya first uh, you know you were in this hearing down in Olympia when when some of these more extreme groups uh, had some things to say, I want to get to that, as well as the reaction from various legislators. Uh, but first, talk about your group bringing out close to 300 people to the steps of the state capitol um, just a little over a week ago. Yeah, Dylan, it's good to be back with you. Thank you for having me again on your show. And I'm so glad that we do have an outlet in the state talking about this issue. It's so hard, you know, as you can imagine, in kind of the Seattle region and the Seattle media market to get some press on this issue. And so I want to thank you for highlighting it and, and talking about it today. Um, I was in the hearing room and I was a part of this, I guess you could call it a movement this, you know, upheaval of workers that have said, this is ridiculous. This is harming us and you need to listen to us. 
I was also part of the hearing last year um, related to this issue. Mm-hmm. It's the same bill that we're hearing it. And the bill for folks who aren't familiar is a fix to this overtime issue. So the overtime issue has passed the legislature. They are mandating overtime for even seasonal agricultural work, something there is a nationwide you know, kind of understanding of. And here we think we're different in Washington. I, I guess that's what you get when mm-hmm. folks who don't work in the industry are making policy for the industry. Uh, but last year when we heard this bill, you know, we had workers show up in English and in Spanish testifying to the fact that these overtime uh, mandates are causing them to earn less money. And the response from the legislature, I guess the majority, the Democrats in control of this committee, said in response to this testimony, you don't understand the, the whole bill. You don't understand the whole issue here. And if you did, you would know that this is actually good for you. And because they that was pretty, know better somehow. <laughs> exactly. That was pretty insulting, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. insinuating ignorance to this group of people that made this multi-hour, you know, day-long trek across the state to emphasize this point. You know, I mean, these folks have been sending emails, writing letters, making phone calls, and for them to be basically shunned was pretty bad. Um, What was also funny about last year's um, hearing is that we had the only folks that were actually opposed to fixing this overtime law were people not associated with agriculture. They were neither workers nor farmers themselves. Mm -hmm. They were people with opinions on the issue who really had no business having an opinion on the issues. Um, This year, I think the Democrats uh, tried something different. They tried a different maneuver to try to uh, alleviate that obvious oversight of theirs. And they trotted out union farm workers Um, basically all from the same organization. As I understand it, uh, only two of these guys were actually farm workers. Other folks just, (laughs) you know, were basically uh, people that were asked to make some talking points. Um, It was pretty sad because I I signed up, obviously, um, to testify in person. I, I didn't expect to have time to testify. I talked about this on Cairo radio last week, but that hearing had a list of a dozen bills and this was, you know, last on the list. So I wasn't real confident that I would get a chance to talk, uh, but I was hopeful that there were some folks that they would hear out. And, you know, much to my dismay, the chair of the committee, Senator Kaiser, um, said that she would allow one pro panel and one con panel. Pan- and of course, panel being a group <laughs> of three people. A a group of three or four people in this case um, to recite basically the talking points for and against. And then, of course, you know, you put out the four first. She made sure that the pro panel went first and then the con panel to kind of have that last word, uh, which, as you can imagine, offers no chance for rebuttal. Um, Some of the points that were being made by the con panel, I was just shaking my head so as not to be you know, escorted out of the hearing room. I mean, these were false allegations. And in many points, they were actually making the same points that we were, which is this is about affordability. Uh, Workers need to be, you know, paid more during a time when things are becoming more expensive. And, you know, unfortunately, one side of the, uh, you know, the equation here is making the case that 
over time will result in more pay, which has been proven false. This is not how it is working out. You can say that as many times as you want, that that's what's supposed to happen. But that's just not happening. I mean, totally reminds me of homelessness here. We just put more money into the homelessness (laughs) issue and it gets better, right? The the, the data is, yeah, exactly. And the data on this specific issue is is not on their side, uh, which is why they have to be really careful what they say about it because the study in California is we had, uh, you know, Allie Hill from Cal Berkeley here on the program um, just a couple weeks ago explaining this very thing that she's been researching that on the whole in California, where they've had a similar rollout, uh, arguably even less aggressive than the rollout of this agricultural overtime law here in Washington. They've had a similar uh, rollout, similar scenario, and she can show the numbers. It's resulted in overall less pay for farm workers. It was right. supposed to help farm workers. It's taking money now out of those same people's pockets. At what point? And, you know, in some ways, Maya, and we're talking with Maya Espinoza right now, uh, director of the Center for Latino Leadership here on The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Um, you know, in some ways, it's not surprising because these same groups that are continuing these talking points are the groups that were advocating for this change in the first place, making right. backroom deals and all these kinds of things, speaking publicly about how this was going to be great. They I, Honestly, I think they deceived a lot of folks into believing this would be a good thing. And yeah. now that it's not, they're doubling down, saying that it's other people's fault. It's the farmer's fault. Why don't they just pay it? Even though you have growers like April Clayton speaking publicly saying this put us out of business. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. if it puts a, a grower, an employer out of business, how's that good for the worker? Right. Or in many cases on the farms, uh, you know, the workers uh, have managers who are, have been assigned to, you know, you allocate the hours. You tell these folks that they have to go home. It's not us. These are your parameters. Yeah. This is what you have to do. And these same, you know, managers who were recently workers are saying, I see the effects of what this policy has created. Please understand that this is resulting in less money for us. And, and you know, that Cal Berkeley study that you referenced, really, when I read it, I was like, this is exactly what we've been hearing from farmers and workers. This puts it in data and shows that in California, this is happening. And if I remember correctly, Dylan, it also made a nod to Washington State and called out that yeah. basically this is coming down the pike for us. Yeah. And it's no surprise. I mean, this is this was the warning. And it unfortunately, you know, if we fast forward with the results here. Workers are making less money. Farms are going out of business. And what happens to our produce? Where do we get our fresh fruits and vegetables? Not a few hours away. We're importing it from other countries where we have no control over labor standards or the quality of the food coming in. I mean, it's just so backwards. Um, I just wished uh, that the Democrats were paying attention. And one of the things that really bothered me about this last hearing, too, is that Senator Saldana walked out during the pro panel. The entire time. And so I know she didn't you know, want to hear from the actual farmers and farm workers and their take on this situation. That certainly is what it looks like. And I know she's going through, you know, chemotherapy and all of these other personal issues, but she sure showed up for the con panel. She showed up for those mm-hmm. other folks saying all of the reasons why not to fix this law. Yeah. And she completely missed this testimony. And 
you know, we we heard from the chair, feel free to submit written testimony. Please do send it in. I have very little confidence that they're listening or want to hear it. In, in fact, last week when we did this uh, rally at the Capitol and yeah, I, I mean, we counted over 300 people that came to this rally. We couldn't get a single meeting with Democrat legislators. We were kind enough or Republican legislators were kind enough to meet with a few of our folks and even come out and greet the rally. We didn't have any Democrats that wanted to hear it. The closest we got, Dylan, was uh, Emily Randall, Senator Randall, opening her window to hear what all the fuss was about as our workers are chanting, no overtime, we want more hours. And she, you know, she actually made a comment along the lines of, yeah, you're right, you need more money. And they corrected her. No, overtime, we want hours, no overtime. Yeah. And it, so that was the closest we got to, but uh, she just shut her window. I don't think she want, was expecting <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> it, it's crazy. What what do these folks have to lose by listening to the, the people that they claim to represent? And in the case of Senator Saldana, we've talked a lot about her on this program and some of the things that she's stood for and the, the problems um, that has presented and I won't go into detail about all of that again now, but someone like herself who has a background as a union, a farm worker union activist, why wouldn't someone like that want to hear from the workers? And further, how can one group, and we're talking about community to community development, and I guess it's multiple groups, uh, community to community development, familias unidas por la justicia. They work hand in hand. I, I, I see them as a same entity of a lot of shared people and a shared purpose mm-hmm. speaking out on this. How can that one small group of folks then turn around and, and see this, you know, 300 some farm workers on the steps of the Capitol and say, all of those people are misinformed. All of them have been deceived. They don't know what they're talking about. It'd be one thing if it was one person or if it, if it was one other small group, but this is a lot of folks from a lot of different communities all over Washington state, all saying the same thing. And yet these these so-called advocates, which I don't think they even deserve the title anymore, have the guts, the cojones, if you know what I mean, to come out and say that th- those people just don't know what they're talking about. And we, based in Skagit County, with a single union contract with one farm, we know better and it works better our way, and this is the way that everybody should be doing it, so on and so forth. And we're going to stand opposed to a fix that workers are asking for that will help them. So now they're right. the ones standing against the help that farm workers need. It's yeah, totally and, backward. Well, and we try really hard at the Center for Latino Leadership not to prescribe an agenda that we come up with, you know, that our leadership comes up with, whether it's our board or, you know, leaders uh, on staff. Right. We try to teach self-advocacy tools for Latino communities across Washington. And so the first step in that process, when we first started hearing about this issue, was to go and host these listening tours and and talk with workers and find out, you know, what what's really going on and what are the workers really feeling? And to our surprise, workers and the growers were on exactly the same page about this issue. 
And that may not have been the case when these promises of overtime were supposed to result in better pay, more time with their families. The workers tell such heartbreaking stories about the more time that they have to spend away from their family because they've got to commute to the next job site in order to make the same amount of money and earn the same hours that they had in previous years. It's just not fair. And to, you know, come up with this narrative and and just bury your head in the sand, not listen to the people saying this is affecting me personally. And I you know, believe you wanted to have the best of intentions on this, but the results are not as we hoped is just really disappointing. I mean, we saw workers at this rally last week, you know, grab the microphone on their own, share their own story. This was not a scripted event. We did not provide talking points or pass out. You know, we didn't lead what the workers were saying. They did. Yeah. They made their own signs. So it's just unfortunate that that the Democrats in control of this committee just are refusing to hear these points, allowing four people to talk, two of them, which were farm workers, speaking in Spanish through a translator. You know, the, the yeah. messages were not well received. Um, and, and the opposition, in fact, were, were making false statements like, you know, the people being paraded out were all H-2A workers, foreign help coming to, you know, Washington state's huh. capital to testify in a state law. That was absolutely untrue. We surveyed the hundreds of workers that showed up to the rally. We didn't find a single H-2A worker that was there. Because these none are of those Washington con- state residents. Almost none of those H-2A contracts are even active right now. I mean, doesn't that just tell you how it's much wintertime. they know about this issue? <laughs> I mean, they if, don't that, if, know they, if the legislature about. believes that those that it's possible that these are H-2A workers, they must be very disconnected from the industry itself. And that is surprising to think that Senator Saldana, who who was, you know, a supposed activist in this community and in this this group of people wouldn't know that. Yeah. And whether they don't know that or, or it's an inconvenient truth. And I think that's the case with a lot of the stuff around this issue is it's very inconvenient for the narrative that had been spun ahead of time. So we have folks doubling down on it's just the, you know, the the, the false perspective that they're sharing is, well, it's just the evil farmers being stingy, trying to get rich on the backs of farm workers. Um, you know, and we talked about on this program, um, Edgar Franks with uh, Familias Unidas por la Justicia. Um, yeah, he got to testify. He did. And what he said in a committee work session uh, for the Senate Ag Committee a couple of months ago, where he was saying that farms were making re- record profits. Um, and you know, people false. choking on their coffee saying, what are you talking at record profits? Right. right. Um, it, it's, it's, it's beyond the pale. It's beyond what's credible. Um, and it's sad to see that, you know, the leaders that be only want to hear those with the false narratives and they are stepping away and, you know, turning a deaf ear toward those who are really in the trenches and experiencing the difficult consequences of these same leaders' decisions. Yep, yep, exactly. And, and, you know, we do thank the chair for allowing this bill to, to get a hearing again this year. It was the day before cutoff. But, you know, this is 
what we refer to as a a courtesy hearing that clearly there was no message that was heard. It was an opportunity, you know, to say, well, we heard testimony from both sides. Mm, Did you? Didn't look like it to me. Yeah, absolutely. Maya Espinoza with the Center for Latino Leadership with us here on the Farming Show this morning. Thank you so much for uh, your time uh, to be here with us uh, on a Saturday morning, but more importantly, all the work that you're doing there for the Latino community in Washington State uh, and particularly the farm worker community in, in your outreach and, and, and advocacy on these issues. We really do appreciate it, Maya. Well, thank you, Dylan. And again, thank you for, for the time on air today to talk about this and to, to lend my perspective from what we've seen. It, it's just such a shame that these folks are not hearing it. So I hope someone hears this, this interview today. And thank you again for the opportunity.